When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Courtney Durandi, CPA and Managing Partner of TDT, CDA, CPAs and Advisors, a boutique advisory and accounting firm for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Seth. Let's go back in time just a little bit. Uh, before you were named one of Forbes, America's best accounting firms, um, how'd you get started? Yeah, so our firm actually started about 46 years ago. We've been around wow. for a long time. We're a mature business, definitely going through a, a reinvention uh, as we transition to you know, my generation of leadership and just how do we stay relevant. Um, but we started by serving um, local, small, medium-sized businesses in central and southeastern Iowa. And we grew over time in throughout the state of Iowa and now serve clients all across the country just by finding ways to continue to help and learning more about the problems that small business owners have and finding ways we can um, you know, help them solve those issues and getting beyond just reporting on what's happened in the past and helping our business owner clients use that information to make decisions about the future and achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely looks like you've gone beyond just the traditional, hey, we're just going to count the beans yep. to <laughs> a, a, expanding to a much more consulting role, helping the businesses grow. What are uh, what are some of the blind spots we have as small business owners when we're trying to grow and scale the company? Yeah. So a lot of times business owners, as they're trying to grow and scale, what worked in startup stops working once you get past startup mode and some of the this kind of scrappy like figure it out I can do it all that is very effective in startup stops working and people can start to get uh, blindsided by that because like all this stuff they've been trying to achieve now they've got new problems so they feel like they're doing it wrong 
And what, so one of the blind spots is, is really this belief that what worked before is going to continue working. You have to change and pivot. And for a lot of business owners, that means getting more consistent in your processes and systems so that you can scale beyond what you can do and what you know. But a lot of entrepreneurs, that's not the way they're wired. And so instinctively, they don't want to do that. They might recognize they need it, but they don't want to do that. So that's something we spend a lot of our time because we have a lot of, of our team members, they are wired for systems. And so we have a lot of our team members that come in and help our business owners get systems and processes in place so that they can figure out the way we do it here and they can open another location or they can, um, you know, add more people without all of the chaos that comes from trying to, you know, do it all in your head or all by the seat of your pants or, you know, whatever, which probably worked before, but just eventually stopped working. Absolutely. I wish we had interviewed you many, well, before I had a podcast, I, I remember, I painfully went through, you know, the, the systems or lack thereof that I built for the company when it was just me and, you know, let it less than a hundred thousand, you know, don't work so well at a million or 2 million. Yeah. Um, how do you, when does someone know that it's time to let's say level up? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, when you, when you need to add employees or you need to start using outsourced, you know, contractors, I mean, when you're essentially starting to bring other people in, that's when a lot of people, they think, I can't do it all, right? You're getting overwhelmed. So I'm going to add some people. I'm going to contract somebody. I'm going to hire somebody. And then they start to have these people do things, but they don't have a consistent way for them to do them. And a lot of times what happens is people will then say, well, this isn't working, or it's not the right person, or nobody can do it like I can. And so they pull it all back in and then they end up limiting their growth or they burn themselves out. So I'd say definitely that's one um, critical point is when you're starting to add people, whether they're contracted or employees, you've got to be able to help them understand what is the way that things should be done here and who is going to do what. Because uh, otherwise you can have underutilized resources or chaos and frustration, or you can end up, you know, saying, forget it, that didn't work because you weren't set up for it. So I'd say that's one, you know, very easy point of entry of when this is important. Absolutely. Now you talked about how at TDT you have team members wired for systems. How do you help businesses develop or improve what they've got? Yeah. So we go through a process optimization engagement with clients. And what that looks like, essentially what we're doing is through interviews and surveys and observing, show me, show me the spreadsheet you use to really know what's going on. Show me the, the way you do this. Through that process, we're finding out what's working and what's not. And what are your end goals? What is it? What information do you need to have to know how you're doing, where you're making money, what's making money, what's making more money. So it's, we're figuring out what's working and what's not. And then we're giving them recommendations, uh, kind of a, a playbook or best practices to gain efficiency, automation, and simply to just clarify processes and roles and responsibilities. This is the new way. We've, we're, we're not going to just document what you do. We're going to take a chance to make it as efficient and automated as possible. But once we're all in agreement on what that is, then we're going to document how things flow through the business and who does what when. 
That way, when you do add another location, you've got a playbook to just replicate and start over or somebody quits or somebody goes on maternity leave. You know what happens and how you can insert somebody in to do that. So that's how we do it. Figure out what's working, what's not, how can we optimize it? And then let's document it and train people and get it into your business the way you run every day. I mean, that's so far beyond accounting. I mean, that's business process optimization and strategy consulting. How has that been received by your clients? Oh, it's incredibly well received because the way this started is we do a lot of outsourced accounting for clients. And so we, you know, we started out, well, we just come in and we'd help them with their accounting. We'd find all these things that could be better. Like, well, let's stop stepping in and perpetuating whatever it is that they're doing. Let's stop. Let's insert a process first where we optimize it and document it and get it under control. And so out of, so that's what we just started doing that anytime we bring on a new outsourced accounting client. Well, then we realized, I mean, whether we do outsourced accounting for this client or not, this is helpful and valuable, whether we're involved ongoing or not. So we just started offering it up and, um, and clients love it because like I mentioned, a lot of business owners aren't wired this way. They have small teams that already have jobs to do. And there's also, there's definitely value in an outside perspective. You know, when you're not the one doing it the same way every day or doing it because that's the way they told me to do it. Um, you know, when you're not in that seat, you can see things much more objectively. So that's an advantage that we have being outside. We can also have a little bit, we can push a little bit harder, challenge things a little bit more than maybe an employee would with their boss or vice versa. Um, but then also the wiring. We, we use Colby. Um, Colby is uh, an index around, an assessment and an index around kind of how you instinctively act or behave or work. And so the the follow-through dimension of Colby measures how much you like to follow systems, create systems. Um, and so a lot of our team members, we realized when we went through Colby, are high follow-through, high systematize. And so we just knew this is an asset that we have that we could use to help our business owner clients beyond you know, using their financial information to make decisions, making sure that they're getting the financial information to make those decisions as effectively and efficiently as possible. I want to talk about a word that may scare some of our business owner listeners. It's the B word. Why do you say that we shouldn't dare go into 2023 without a budget? <laughs> yes. So a lot of people think of a budget as a restrictive tool to control spending. And you just have to change your mindset that a budget is a plan for how you want to spend the money that you make. And so first you have to figure out how much money can I make? A lot of business owners think of the budget as an expense restriction, but we start with it as revenue. What's possible? How much capacity do you have here? How many more of these products could you produce? How many more hours of service could your people deliver? Like what's, what's your capacity here? And if you can achieve that, what does that mean in terms of profitability and income? And how do you want to spend this money? How much, do, how much return can you get on your marketing dollars so that you just do it again and again? And then how much do you want to pay yourself? How much do you want to pay your team members? What do you want to invest in, uh, in growing the business? Look at it from that mindset because too often we, we ignore budgets because it sounds like a horrible exercise 
And, and we're losing the opportunity to really think about what's possible, pencil it out, and then have a tool to help us see, are we doing what we wanted to do? Or if not, what do we need to change so that we can get these results and, and make the money we wanted to make or reward our team members the way we wanted to reward them or invest in the growth of our business like we had wanted to do? Absolutely. Um, you said, uh, I found that you said something controversial. You said you don't need to have the best product on the market to become hugely profitable. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So a lot of times people hold off on getting a product out into the market because they're waiting for it to be perfect. And so they're missing an opportunity to put something out there that's not perfect, but is helpful and relevant and iterate and improve over time. So there's, so that's one side of it is it doesn't have to be perfect. It needs to be relevant to your clients or your customers, and it needs to be helpful and you need to be open to improving it. But the other thing is it has to be profitable. If your product is perfect and it, and it's not profitable, then what? that's not a win either. And so people often get caught up in this pursuit of perfection before they launch something and they they haven't even fully grasped all the cost that goes in to this product and so even once it's out there and perfect they end up not making as much money as they had ever intended because they don't fully grasp all of the costs that go into producing it so two two different aspects of that yes you've achieved so much success in in it your own career What's your biggest challenge now? So I would say my biggest challenge now is for me personally to continue growing myself at a faster pace than the business is growing. So I have to keep being a different leader as we grow. And so I'm, I'm wired for improvement. I'm an Enneagram one. I'm an improver. I love to learn and grow, but I have to keep consistently finding new ways to improve myself and my leadership and to grow personally and professionally at a faster pace than the business does. So I'd say that's my core like challenge and, and goal for the year is what do I, if we're going to get there, if that's our vision, what do I have to do this year? to get us there and to be ready before that happens. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I've, I've found that the more I grow myself, the company rises to meet who the new vessel I have become. And if I don't grow, the company doesn't either. Yep, exactly. And the other thing too is, so we have a big team, we have 70 people. And so if I can learn and grow through something, whether it's Colby or Enneagram or, you know, whatever it is, um, productivity, if I can learn and grow and, and they can start to see it impacting me and my role, they're much more receptive at the next level down my leadership team. And then on down through the rest of the other 70 people to, to take on those things and learn and grow and do those things as well. But if I, if I'm right there with them, like, Oh, I think this is going to work. We should do this they're less likely, it feels more flavor of the month. And so achieving that growth and showing and kind of leading by example, self-leadership first is, has been very effective for me. And so that's my challenge is just keep, keep doing it, keep finding more ways to learn and grow. Absolutely. A team of 70. What are some of your secrets for employee engagement? Yeah. So um, we look at employee engagement as, you know, kind of 
I find purpose in the work I do here. Um, I would, you know, definitely suggest somebody else work here and I am not looking for another job right now. That's how we measure employee engagement. And so we look at how can we help our team members feel purpose in what they do here. And that comes through making sure they understand the why behind the things we do. So we we're, uh, we set vision for the firm. We execute you know, annual strategy and goals and quarterly rocks we run on EOS. So there's a lot of communication about what we're doing, but we always bring in why. And what does this have to do with our overall purpose of helping our business owner clients achieve better results? So, so connecting that, that we don't just work with numbers, we work with people. These are like real people with businesses and employees and activities. And we're, we're helping them, you know, use this information to, to grow. So that's one big part of it is just constantly making sure they understand the why behind what we're doing and, and even just what we do. Um, the other thing is that there's a ton of burnout in our profession. Um, accounting, uh, public accounting is known for compressed busy seasons with 60, 70, 80 hour weeks and, and very much a mentality of, um, you know, suck it up and get the work done. And this is the priority and the rest of your life doesn't really matter. Um, and we take the complete opposite approach. You know, it, we felt like, you know, do I want to keep working here if that's the way this is? <laughs> and we see, you know, people retire from our profession divorced and with out of touch with their kids and no hobbies. It's like, is that what I want? So we essentially um, said a few years back, we're just not going to do that. We are going to cap hours during our busiest season at 50. Because the research shows beyond 50, you go backwards in effectiveness anyway. And we're going to teach our people to be focused and productive while they're here. And we're gonna teach them to set goals across all the domains of their life, not just work goals, goals for their health, their marriage, their parenting, their spirituality, their hobbies, all the domains of life, because it's all connected. And if you're not happy in other areas of your life, you're not gonna be effective here. And so those are a couple of things that we've done in the last few years that have made a huge impact. Not only do people recognize that we care about them as a person, not just as a production worker, but that we also are giving them the tools and the training and like world-class um, training from best-selling authors and speakers to come in and teach them how to actually execute on these things. That is awesome. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I, I, what I love best about what I'm doing is the opportunity to keep finding ways to help. So I, uh, I'm not the typical CPA in terms of my MO that. and personality. <laughs> and so, um, so what I, I'm always looking at what else could we do that would make an impact and be helpful? How can we use the gifts and talents and expertise and experience and personalities that we have to help business owners, nonprofit leaders in other ways? So having that aspect of kind of R&D and product development and lots of conversations with um, prospective clients and existing clients, is probably one of my most favorite parts of my role now. 
That is awesome. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more, where is the best place for them to find you? Yes. So they can find us at tdtpc.com slash sharkpreneur. We've got a page set up for this podcast. Also, if your listeners are on LinkedIn, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I share a video every week of just something that I'm learning or, or that's relevant for that week. And so you can find me on LinkedIn at Courtney Durandi, D-E-R-O-N-D-E. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Courtney Durandi. Courtney, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you or talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.